Welcome to the Core Podcast. This one's a little bit special because it's just hosted by me. This collection of fantastic podcasts comes from a load of amazing, influential women in tech. I'm really excited to share this with you throughout October. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. Um, this is our second one of talking to inspiring women within the cybersecurity industry. And actually, you just said you've been nominated for an award, so that's exciting. Um, could you quickly introduce yourself, um, a little bit about you, your career, how you've ended up here in cybersecurity? Because for me and for other women that I've been interviewing, it's not probably was on the top of our list as a child. So would you give us a bit of back history into you? Yeah. Sure. So my name's Kate Baker. I'm the channel manager for Immersive Labs. Um, in terms of career and how I ended up in cyber, I think I've had a checkered background in many respects. So I started off doing English literature at university, yeah. ended up going into HR, um, but worked for a software company. Okay. And I guess the IT industry had or held some appeal um, and eventually sort of ended up going down that route sort of first off in sort of business development, um, ended up then into cybersecurity with FireEye initially. And the interest has probably just evolved and I've just ended up seeing myself much more in that relationship channel side of the business rather than direct sales, I think. And you've been an interior designer as well in between that, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So um, through just a personal experience sort of or one of those life-changing moments where I lost a friend suddenly, I was in an HR role and I just was like, this isn't what I wanted to do and right. decided to do something completely different and always had an interest in interior design. So I went back to university and did an interior design course and ended up having my own business for a while as well. So yeah, definitely English literature, interior design and then uh, cybersecurity. I think it's I think it's interesting though because we've all kind of from everyone I've spoken to so far we've all got there in a weird different way but we've all ended up and we've all found something exciting about cybersecurity from a different angle. I, I like it because for me from marketing I think it's quite James Bondy. Yeah. Um, and there's cool angles in it and things like that. Where where is it that element that you like? Is it I mean is it is it the actual industry or is it the people or is it what is it about that's kept you here? Um, I think it's. I think it's a multitude of things, okay. actually. And I think cybersecurity, if you think about it, you know, not giving away my age or anything, but I think cybersecurity is something that has evolved, actually, in the last 20-odd years or so. Yeah. So perhaps when I came out of university, there was an element of security, but it wasn't so profound as or as involved as it is now. I think there's two things. The technology, I think the whole side of cybersecurity is exciting, it's new, it's constantly changing, it's incredibly difficult to keep up with it. And I think, like you said, within the marketing, there are so many exciting things that you can do with it because Mm -hmm. it is kind of diverse um, and new. It's it's just something that's... And you were touching about that at uni. I I don't know how, you know, we went at different times, but Mm. I don't remember that being a thing. I don't remember coming into uni and being careful about my logins or where my email address or not using the same password to say, just so from a hygiene perspective of being at using laptops and being in different labs and things, that was never discussed as part of my starting at uni. That's probably changed now. I don't remember it being a career. 
I did business studies and there was no element of my business study degree about cybersecurity. Yeah. Uh, was that the same for you? I mean, you've got you've got sons that I know are at the uni or starting yeah. uni. Are, are you seeing a difference between when he went and you or do you still think it's not spoke about enough? Uh, no, completely different. So when I did my dissertation, I was kind of a little bit ahead of my time in that I had an electric typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So yeah, so completely different. Whereas now my son is at Bournemouth and um, my eldest one doing software engineering but he was given a laptop as soon as he started secondary school majority of his work was done on a laptop Mm -hmm. so right from a very early age that part of their curriculum was passwords checking you know security um you know there was obviously as well um products on there as well so they couldn't search certain sites and all things Mm -hmm. so it was right from the start um so do you think he has a better understanding and has an understanding of what you do as a career yeah, completely. So if I talk to my, and again, it's a generation thing, if yeah. I talk to my parents, if I try and explain to my parents around what I do and my role at the moment, I remember one time trying to explain to my mum that imagine if I was, um, I worked for Heinz mm-hmm. and I produce baked beans, I don't actually sell the baked beans to you, but yeah. I get Waitrose to sell the baked yeah, beans. And my yeah. mum was like, so you work for Heinz, you sell <laughs> baked beans. And it was kind no. of, it is whereas completely, my son is is completely aware of it and even my little one I've got a younger one as well and he's the same you know he understands it everything he does as well he knows automatically if he's trying to you know so much is at their fingertips now you know for him even this morning it was a case of he didn't understand a particular word and he just picked my phone up and, and googled, googled it, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's so it opens up. Such Does he know your pin? Because my daughter came up to my phone and was like, "I need your pin yesterday." Yes, I'd uh, see. I'm not yeah. there yet because she's only five, <laughs> and I feel like she'll go on a shopping spree with my phone. But it, yeah, they are so more, yeah. more switched on. She, I mean, interestingly, she's my my daughter's only five, and her outdoor curriculum learning is stuff to do on a tablet or on a phone so she has yeah. um maths where she's got to be able to see the numbers and patterns and that's a game as an okay, app yeah that's was part of her curriculum it's another game that's actual computer games which reminds me of lemmings yeah um that are done for her to understand equations and weight and if you need you know and scales and stuff like that so she's five and a lot of her stuff that she's doing is through a, a laptop and things like that so i think the use of computers is definitely becoming more it's just becoming the norm and i think because of that the interest of cybersecurity or understanding of that is going to become more and more and we're just watching some of the clips of a movies today um clem things that were predicted 10 15 years ago yeah. are really becoming a reality now yeah like yeah. your your fridge can talk to your phone yeah. to your self-driving <laughs> cars like yeah you know Chris joked earlier about Knight Rider well actually it's not that far away is it really so I think it will become a more interesting topic how do you think we could empower women to be interested in cybersecurity because it wasn't on my list yeah as I and do you think how where where are the ways that we could make it more of an interesting and maybe not so we've had this discussion it's not so male dominated anymore mm. but probably is seen more of a male industry what do you think do you think that's from school do you think that's from education do you think that's from having you know um I think it's too I think it's twofold yes I think it's from an education perspective you know it's like we as a country probably fail with language skills and we don't (laughs) teach it from an early age whereas so many other European countries it's kind of started at really young age and I think it's the same thing I mean yes they're all going to have access to 
technology far more than we probably Mm -hmm. did but I do think it needs to start from schools and I think we we need to get away from this idea as well and it is going that way because it's been proven as well that girls are doing better in the more sort of what used to be more male dominated subjects but I think it's got to be an open playing field you know it is not when it's a discussion at GCSE or whatever or A levels it's a this is the whole portfolio Mm. which ones do you feel you're able to to do I think it's a wider discussion around education though as well is because we've also as well through I guess, progression or whatever, we're understanding as well that not everybody learns the same way. And it's an understanding of, you know, you're talking about dyslexia and all things like that much more. And I think we used to in the past see it as a failing, but actually what is becoming more and more apparent is that there are so many skill sets that they have that other people don't have. And it's the same again. I think we need to be able to give children that time to understand where their skill set is. And if male or female actually prove themselves in certain skills drive them into well why don't you do computer science or why don't you know something like that I think we need to be far more in tune with our kids to understand and drive them into the skills that and jobs that would suit them 100% do you feel the industry is changing and more appealing for women now yeah I think it is I think I think probably some of it is a skill shortage so that there are far more opportunities open to women. But I think also as well, I think more women are having the confidence to apply for jobs and are going for them. Interesting you say that. So I've got a statistic here that 22% of women are afraid to try something new and fail compared to 13% of men. And wow. interestingly, when going for a new job, statistically, women are only likely to apply for a job if they meet 100% of the criteria, where men would be happy to hit 60% and go for a job. So it's still showing yeah, that as women, wow. okay. we da- aren't so prepared to take a risk or to try something new or out of our comfort zone. So do you feel, I mean, is that you? I mean, I know it's me, mm-hmm. so but that might not be you at all. And it feels like you've been more adventurous with your careers if you've dropped and dropped yeah. and changed where I haven't. I've always yeah. stuck to what I've known. Um, do you think? Do you think that's still true? I mean, I think. I mean, my daughter, I think, would be more open to changing and swinging and doing her own thing because of her parents in her career Mm. I grew up from a background where my parents stayed in the same place they stayed my dad's still in the same company get your pension don't move on put your head down work hard so again I think it's generational things but do you think women do play it safe do you think you jumped the career as quickly as you could have or do you think things held you back yeah and um yes I think women generally are still more reserved and tend Mm. to be a little bit more cautious. Mm -hmm. But again, this is probably a slightly different subject, but I think that's because women are still trying to juggle many things. So when they're going for a job, they're looking at lots of other factors. That's not always the case, you know. You know, relationships and things like that have changed and, and evolved so much as well. But I think, again, that probably... That's home... You know, and the, um, I guess, the, the representations that kids have at home as to, you know, from, from my two boys, they're all always going to have seen me working. So mm-hmm. that's the role model that they exactly. have of a female. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, you're, you know, your daughter will be the same. She sees you and has seen you always working. Yeah. I think it's just, again, about 
it's just confidence building. It's we've got to have the courage and the confidence to go for things. And you know what? You know, if you don't ever make mistakes, you can never learn and you can never grow. I mean, trust me, I've made a number of mistakes in my life. But actually, that makes you a stronger person for it. And I think we've all got to not be afraid to make a mistake and go for things. And also, we were talking about this because... Going on yeah, about us both being working mums, and then that's completely everyone's choice of what they decided. Yeah. We needed we needed that in our lives, and I hundred percent feel I'm a better mum for working. Yeah. Um, but I do think and this is not fair to say, but I do think women do juggle more more hats, and I feel like when you are building your own family and we can discuss because we do have children you are not only you've got your job but you're kind of the ceo of your house i don't know why naturally that happens i don't know if this happens in your house too but it seems to be like the life admin the kids going to school who's organizing the nativity clothes all those you know you're talking about vaccine bookings mm. all that sort of like the <laughs> dentist appointment yeah, yeah. has a one pound fifty gone in her bag for x y and z I don't know if it's my own doing, but in my own house, maybe I'm a bit of a control freak. That still falls a lot on my on my shoulders. How is that the same with you? Have you found a better balance? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I still trying to work that out in my I, life. I, I think as well, because of where we are in terms of generation, we both have come from mums who didn't work. Yep. So for us, we are trying to prove to everyone and maybe to ourselves to a certain extent that we can make it work and so I think we still have that guilt complex yes so you talked about um, a control freak I definitely know I have that side of me Mm. I am a control freak and but I suppose I feel like if I am controlling it then I know it's kind of which sounds awful but I know (laughs) it's done yep um so I think we are our own worst enemies sometimes because we don't ask for help yes Completely. I feel like we feel like we need to. And if actually I went to my husband, or if you could pack the lunches this week and put the £1.50 in the thing, he'd be like, okay. I feel like there's some side of me which battles to and from of like, well, if I'm working all day, then the rest of the stuff I've got to do really well. Like if she's taking in her art, competition thing that's gonna be the best art competition thing because i haven't <laughs> yeah. been at home or i've been yeah. away for two it, days that's the guilt complex though yes. isn't it? because you we want to, to still be it. able to be being a good mum as well but um, what defines a good mum and i think we put it on yeah. ourselves and i really hope by my daughter's generation if she does or doesn't decide to have children or whatever that looks yeah. like that we're we as women have got to like build each other up and be like no that's okay to work and yeah. it's healthy for you if you you're working away for two days because at the weekend you're 100 yeah. percent in like i think yeah we carry a lot of guilt but i think maybe because as women we don't talk about it and be like well i feel that too and yeah and um, we can be a little bit competitive of, i think we're in competitive. The playground. Yeah. <laughs> i think we are competitive uh, there's definitely a competitive streak within me as well i think we as women as well don't can tend to be a little bit control freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're trying to prove something, I think, all the time. And, you know, I've had conversations with my youngest one, you know, I have missed out on stuff. And I think, again, it's that honesty and that openness. You know, it's a frank conversation. It's, you know what, I can't come to this. But because I'm working, we can do this. Yeah. You know, it's a case of, again, an explanation sometimes or a conversation. And generally, I think, kids are aware and they take it on board and I think a big percentage of it is down to us and we need to be supporting I don't think it's just us as women but we need to be supporting that family network as a whole and you know for for the lots of men who want to take more of a role in things as well we've got to give him those opportunities and for us we sometimes need to let go and actually 
ask for help yeah and accept uh, and, it. And, yeah exactly raise that trying to not have the guilt factor like level the playing field support yeah. each other up i think there's there's loads and loads to do of it but interesting you said that about men and um uh, my brother-in-law's actually split the patern- uh, the maternity paternity leave off. So okay. she, she's done the first 12 weeks yeah. and he's doing the next 12 weeks, which is not, not everyone does that, no. and that, but that's what they want to do as a couple. And I think that's incredible, but it works for them. Um, so actually levelling that. But I was wondering as well if you found this with language um, of being in a female. And I, I think you've quite fairly said in our industry, it's actually not too bad. And I think mm. it's more of my friends, maybe in different industries, but things that have been mentioned, like, oh, who's looking after the kids today? Mm. Or um, oh, who's picking them up? Yeah. Have you ever had that in assumptions that it should be you? I've not had it too bad. It's been like friends, but or, but it's just been some like little things of, that have ever been dropped in that there's been an assumption that no. you should be the one. That's no, good, I, I, don't, I don't think I have, but I think that's down to... Actually, probably the companies that I've worked for to some extent and also the people who I've reported into, you know, Immersive Labs is very, very much that equality sort of side. Uh, And that's a very, very key point of their kind of ethos, if you like. And then prior to that, I worked for a company called Agari and I had an incredible mentor, an incredible boss, a lady called Tracy Palace. And, you know, it was never a question. It was, you know, she was incredibly influential in supporting me and driving me to do the things that I wanted to do. And therefore, it was never really a discussion. It was an understanding around the fact that I had children. But in the same way, it was an understanding of people who have a commitment to pets, you know, to dogs, yeah. or I don't mean to undermine children that do you know what I mean? But it's the same kind of thing. Everybody has responsibilities. But it could be elderly parents. Yeah, that you exactly. Help, or it could be any other. Yeah, we've all got different, you know, it doesn't even have to be children. It could no. be anyone that's got those. And I think COVID has supported that reflection. I agree. Yeah. But I think that's fantastic. And it's fantastic that you've worked with such great companies in what is normally seen as a male dominated industry. Yeah. I think that's also why we should wave the flag for joining cybersecurity yes, because yeah definitely it is very forefront in the way that the tech's going but i do think in a lot of the businesses it was also in the way that we work yeah and who we work with and and you have mentioned mentors and that's why i think it's really important for us to bring the next generation yeah. in because having more women and more people that we can look up to is really really important um we've talked about why we've loved the industry about being a woman in it and that we really want to get more women involved in cybersecurity. In your opinion, what do you think is the biggest challenges within cybersecurity and how do you think the landscape's going to change over time? I think the hardest thing is keeping up with it. Yeah. You know, I think you've got hackers and all the rest of it are uh, evolving <laughs> and becoming cleverer, you know, as time goes on. Um, and so we've just got to keep up with them. And I think that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's an industry as well that has changed so much. You know, when I first started out, you know, you could pretty much, you pretty much knew all the vendors that were in cybersecurity at the time, you know, and for example, yourselves as, you know, as as, as partners, as resellers, you're now inundated with possibilities yep. of vendors that yep. you can take on board. Yep. You know, it's saturated market now. So I think that's going to be the hardest thing is differentiating yourself, what's something new, and making yourself heard basically above all the other noise. I think that's the hardest thing now. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think also being a reseller, I mean, we all get approached by different ones and and it's really lifting the under the lid and making sure that that 
technology or it really stacks up to what's going on in the world yeah. like, and I think that's what's great with immersive labs because how many labs are there now so there's over 1500 labs and you, now yeah and you're constantly releasing yeah. new ones depending yeah. like when log four happens you had a lab like yeah. you're so responsive to the market that no training no book no thing that you can watch online could be quick enough so I think that's another great piece about it is that we can stay up the times with yeah, the technology. But I think that's what one of the main reasons why James Hadley kind of developed immersive labs was because it was an an area that was changing so quickly that to produce something, you know, to deliver three, four months later would be out of date. Yeah. You know, what I think we we bring we sort of set out, I think it's between five and six new labs on a almost a you know weekly basis or monthly basis. So it's it, it's got to be. And it, even the labs that are there need to be constantly updated, constantly be, need to be refreshed. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way I think you can do it to keep on top of that cyber security and ensure you're resilient. Perfect. I could talk about this subject all day <laughs> and about women and empowering us and getting us into cybersecurity, but I don't want to take up all your time. So just to wrap up, what five tips for anyone inspiring to be in cybersecurity, whether that's male or female, would you give? And would you give anything different if you are women <sighs> looking to get into it? For, for I think women is still like we kind of discussed. It's go for it. Don't be yeah. afraid to yeah. step outside of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You might get some rejections. You you know you might make some mistakes, but you yeah. learn through everything that you kind of take on board. So that would be, I think, one side of it. And I think go out there. There are so many trade shows as well, Mm -hmm. so many events. Go and have a look. Go and see. Um, And I think the big part as well, and that's something that has been very sort of relevant for me, is look at companies as well. You know, cybersecurity, I think, in general, is more advanced. And the way that they do things, their approach to... Uh, women or whatever within workforce is more advanced yeah so go and have a look see what what the companies are offering what their ethos is what yeah. their kind of you know that's a big part of it isn't yeah it? do some research and don't be afraid either if a company's not right for you just because they've offered you something don't be afraid to say no if you don't feel it's Interesting. right for you i found that because really, I, I i remember i've been taught this from another mentor of mine of saying she saying that an interview process is actually a two-way thing yeah and I think a lot of us, especially when I left uni, I was like, oh my God, like me, like me, like me. <laughs> and I remember this one interview coming across and there was something that didn't read right on the day, on the interview. And my gut was like, this place isn't right. And I didn't take it. And actually a, a friend did. We were both up against each other and she didn't have a very good experience. Yeah. So ended up leaving six months. But there was something in my gut that told me like, mm, I don't think you're going to be happy here. Yeah. It's not going to lie with you quite right. And even though it was a very big name brand would mm. you know my dad really wanted me to take it there was something about it that didn't sit quite yeah. right and it's interesting you're saying about the gut and the interview and you don't necessarily have to say no. yes I think I don't know about if everyone but I definitely went into the interview like oh my god I'm so lucky to get a job where actually we need to be going in and being like oh, oh is this right for me is the yeah. office where I want to be are the people seeming yeah. right and I think we get a bit yeah tunnel visioned and just wanting to impress but we don't actually look around the environment and see if it's for us yeah I agree and I think maybe that's something as well you know when you talked about the stats with women it's almost oh my gosh I've been 
given an opportunity yeah. I've got to take it so lucky. you know and I yeah exactly and I and I think we've got that's again confidence building you have as much to offer that company as they do you yeah it, it is exactly as you say it's a two-way street yeah. and you know you don't owe them to take the job it's got no. to be right for everybody and you if it's not right for you you won't deliver either yeah if you're not happy no. you're not going to do a great job and and, no. and 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 you won't be fit in the culture of that there's a lot you need to question yeah perfect so i think wrapping overall really women <laughs> we just need to get a bit more confident we do we need we to do. get a bit more confident and hopefully you'll join me and kate on our cyber security journey thank you kate thank you very much